Yo, yo, yo. I've always wanted to open up a show like that. <laughs> this is your girl, Lauren Melissa, and we are here with another episode of Mike Check, the podcast. Y'all, we have had some awesome, awesome people on the show, and we have another one in the studio today. Um, before I introduce her, I just really want to let you all know what Mike Check is really all about. So I run into some awesome people all the time. I get to I give I get the um opportunity to meet and see and hang out with some cool people and there's so many people in the world that you just don't want to hold them hostage. You really want to introduce them to everyone that you know. And so this is my way of doing so. And um so yes, Mike Check is turning up the volumes on everyday um leaders and world changers. That's right. We are flipping everything upside down and I'm bringing them to you first on this show because they are going to blow up. We have authors. We have, um, you know, authors, speakers, um, executives, I like to say. So we, I just have some really cool people on the show and couples because I know y'all want to hear about marriage and all of that stuff. So I've had some cool people, but I have none other than Brie Rostick. Her real name is Brianna, but I call her Brie and you all can call her Brie too because she's family. So Brie, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, um, yo, I had to tell you how we met because, I mean, it's not like a um, a movie out of a movie or anything like that. It's pretty typical. But I just have to tell you how we met. So I, I started going to this church, and I went to this church with literally no friends. All my friends had moved away, and I was just kind of this loner, and I was like, okay, I need to meet people. And so I forced myself to go out, you know, hug people, shake people's hands, and really get connected to a group of women. And I did that. And Brie was a part of that group. Um, and she welcomed me with open arms. She does that to a lot of people. I feel like she's the connector. I always tell her, like, you are the glue. You and your husband are the glue. Y'all bring people together. They have game nights at their house. Y'all, I have not gone to a game night. You should. <laughs> but I need to because I heard they be throwing down on Uno and Monopoly, too. Yeah, it's a good See? time. Yeah. yeah. So um, and so Brie was one of the people. And I used to always say, like, we got to go to lunch. We have to hang out. And you you say that all the time. And so finally, I had the opportunity to do that. And we sat and I was like, yo, we, are, we have the same experiences. We have the same thoughts, except for... The thoughts don't come out like hers, y'all. If y'all follow her on Facebook, her Stop. Facebook posts are amazing, okay? Like, you would, you like it, and you scroll, and you go back, oh, let me like, oh, I already did that, you know? But they're so profound. Um, she's very articulate, and it actually comes out. She has written copy for a book. Mm -hmm. She um, has written copy for a website, and she's actually in the in the process of writing her own book, y'all. So I just can't wait for you all to get to know her. So, Brie, please tell the people a little bit about you. Yeah. Um, so, as she said, my name is Brie Rostick. Um, I am a mother and a wife. My husband's name is Daryl Rostick, and so we are the Rosticks. That's who we are. Um, and really, that's where my identity comes from, from being a Rostick. We're leaders. We're family-oriented. We like to have a lot of fun. And then me, myself, I'm a writer, so I am a full-time content writer. That's what I do for my job, and I do a little bit of market managing along with that. And then also I help everybody else write what they want to write, and so that's really what I enjoy doing is expressing myself through words, and that includes writing, spoken words, yes. speaking, 
all of that jazz. Uh, Like you said, we go to Rev. So I serve there. I'm an intercessor. I serve with the youth. And any way that I can help out, I'm always like, let me jump in. Let's serve. That's what we do, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A a world changer and a leader for sure. Um, How long have you and Daryl been married? I never knew. We've been married for seven years. Seven years. Yeah. I love it. That means it's solid. That, like, yeah. Yeah. That seven is a cycle, right? For real. Yeah, for real. We did it. I love it. I love it. So are you na- you're native of Grand Rapids? Yep. I was born and raised here. I've never been too far from here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a little trip here and there. But yeah, I'm from here. Yeah. So what is um one of your, I would say like one of your proudest moments in like writing Oh, proudest moments in writing. Or like something that you've worked on and you're like in the moment you were working on and you're like, oh, okay, this is just another job. But when you look back and it's done, you're like, yo, I'm like really proud of myself and I'm super dope. Yeah. Um, it took me a while to get to that point where I could just be like, yo, I'm dope. And then so mean tell, it. tell me about that process. I think a lot of times, well, I, you know, I just heard somebody say this at a conference that I went to and it was amazing. He said, being humble isn't being a 10 and then coming in the room like you're a five being humble is knowing you're a 10 and coming in the room as a 10 and that changed my life because a lot of times we look at humility like I'm not all that or yes. you know I, like I'm okay but really owning it and being like yeah I'm dope God created me dope at that one so I might not be dope at everything and I won't pretend to be, but I'm dope at that one. So that's what humility is to me now. And so when you talk about like the things that I've wrote and written that I've been really proud of, um, one, most recently I did a prayer journal for my job. So it's a 52 week prayer journal that I'm writing out and, and these are your prayers. Or, yep. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So there's a there's a devotional, a monthly devotional at the beginning, and then there's a prayer for every day of the week. And it started from a a morning prayer that I lead at work. I just lead a morning prayer and I'm like, hey, let's pray, let's get together. And then out of that, they were like, Hey, we want to do this devotional booklet. We need somebody who can write it. Can you write it for us? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. And so I started writing out this devotional book. And every time I look at it, I'm still in the process of writing it. But every time I look at it, I'm like, you wow yourself. Whoa, I wrote that. Like, yes. okay, God, I see you flowing through me. So yes, it's really cool. that is amazing. That is amazing. I always like to ask people like what the process was like working on something. Um, because in the middle of a process or in, in the middle of something, there's moments where you feel like giving up. There's moments where you feel like, okay, like, this is taking way too long. I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing or what what do you have me in right now, God? Because I feel like it's taking extra strength that I don't have. Like, yeah. so what gets you through those moments, those moments where you feel stagnant or those moments where you feel like it's not moving the way I envisioned it moving? Yeah, I, that has been a thing for me so long because I used to be like a make it happen girl. I'm going to make it happen. I know what I need to do. I'm going to navigate it. And then God will be like, hold up. He needs to make it happen. And so yielding my will to his will has been a big thing. And so what I usually do is just take a second and pause. Will this matter in a year from now? Will this matter in five years from now? What will this look like? And then if I can't say that it'll matter, I'll be like, okay, I'm cool. I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to just keep doing it. I don't see what you're about to do, but I'm going to follow you. So, like, even in the instance of the prayer, I was doing this prayer every morning at work, and I kept doing it. Then I'm like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done with this. And I was like, well, this feeling of not wanting to do it matter in a year? 
No. Will it matter in five years? No. So you're going to go ahead, get over this little moment mm-hmm. and jump in and do it. And so out of that came a book. But if I would have stopped and did what I wanted to do, right. I would have never been doing that book. So getting to that, that moment of self-reflection and asking yourself some of those things internally takes maturity, spiritual maturity and just a level of faith. So has your faith always been like this? Tell me a little bit about your faith journey. Absolutely not. Like, <laughs> no. Um, as I mentioned before, I was a make it happen girl. Mm-hmm. So I was very independent. My mom is a single mother. She was very independent. And so growing up, um, I knew who God was. Or I can't even say I know who he was. I just knew, knew of, of him. God. Yeah. There was a God. He existed. I believed that he existed, but I didn't believe in him. And mm, so, that's key, y'all. That that's something that is key because a lot of us think because we know of him that we are a believer, and mm-hmm. we're like, I know God, but like, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. a good point. And you're good because it's the difference between I believe and I'm a believer, and so yes. we have to get to the point where we become believers and not just I believe, like he out there somewhere, right? But yeah, so that was my childhood. That's how I grew up. Um, in my teenage years, wilding out, mm-hmm. I was a ride-or-die girlfriend to a drug dealer for a long time. So when you write your book, is that going to be in there? No. Not <laughs> my first one. No. Um, it's funny because to, when we live life, sometimes we don't think our stories are such big deals. Until, yeah. Until we start saying them. And God's like, oh, yeah, I planted that there so you could use it. That is a big yeah. deal. So my first one, no. But... Mm-hmm. Maybe in the second or third one that See, will definitely be in there. I never knew that. Yeah. I never knew that. So what? I don't. We're not going to get too deep into that. But just for my context, what was that period like? How long was that period? Was it years? Was it? It was multiple yeah. years. It was about five years, and so that was from twelve to seventeen. That okay. was kind of my lifestyle, and so. That's where I, I learned the grind. I learned the hustle. Right. I learned to be dependent on myself, be independent and not dependent on God. And so when you ask, like, what was my faith like? It was my faith was in me. My mm-hmm. faith was in what can I do? How can I make it happen? And then in 17, I got into a ton of trouble and God used that trouble to force me onto my knees. <laughs> so that's where I went. Yeah. Wow. And so did you at 17, did you or 18 or or anywhere in that age range did you find yourself in a church home when when did you find a church home and what was that process like to figure out okay I need to be a part of a larger entity I cannot just push my life forward without him and without accountability from others that that are believers it took a while so when I first um gave my life to Christ it was actually in my garage it was just this crazy moment definitely the holy spirit took over i was on the floor in my garage and then when i got up from that moment i wasn't really sure what to do like i'm like okay i'm with god we learning we working this thing out it's also around the time that i met my husband so we started going to um, a church with his family his family has two different churches so we bounced between the two of those but it wasn't like that deep accountability, that relationship. It wasn't that fire of God. And we knew we needed more. And it wasn't really until um, I've been at Rev almost four years now. So about the time I was 24 that I got into a church body. So we're thinking from 17 mm-hmm. to 24. Y'all just, just wondering. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, God became real to me 
but I still wasn't connected in the way that I needed to be. Right. And you feel like, and, and just for the people listening, how important is connection? Cause a lot of people, a lot of people in our generation be like, I don't need, I don't, one, I'm not going to be a member of a church. Cause I don't believe in that Two. I don't need to get up every Sunday, nor do I need to go to Bible study. Like in their mind, they feel like I can be of the world and be in the world and, and, you know, and read a devotional and be good. Yeah. So how important is that connectivity piece? It's huge. Like when I was saying that I was dependent on myself, well, myself was wrong a lot. Like <laughs> we can be wrong. We can teach ourselves the wrong things. We can read something out of context the wrong way. And so we need that group around us to be able to say, hey, you did that wrong or that was wrong and be able to open ourselves up to that. So when I came into a church body, my life completely changed. Like the things that I understood, the opportunities that I had, the relationships that I built, like it wasn't overnight. Cause I know some people be like, it's hard, but mm-hmm. over time, these things have catalyst have been a catalyst for me to be something that I never imagined that I could be. Yeah. So speaking of groups, um, one thing that I have always struggled with growing up was having a group of friends, uh, not necessarily girlfriends, but sometimes girlfriends, I'm, I'm the only girl, so I have all brothers. So it's easy for me to make friends with guys, but it's like, okay, I want a, a group of girlfriends where I can be like, we're going, you know, we're going on a trip, we're going to Hawaii, we're going mm-hmm. to the Bahamas. But, you know, really finding that core group. So tell me a little bit about what your process has been, just really a identifying a group of women or a group of people where you can be like, this is my group. This is my tribe, for the lack of better words, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like so, th- this this is this is my crew. Um, what has that been like? And I know, for me, at times I felt like, oh, I got a crew, and you look up and be like, oh, I guess they wasn't my crew because they gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's so challenging. So for me, I've always had a lot of friends, but I kept a really close group of girlfriends but around that age when it was 17 and stuff started getting real we all just kind of dispersed somebody said that um when you um if i don't know if i was in somebody's barbershop and they were like you know if you don't really find if you don't really have a group of friends by um the end of college you can just hang it up and I was like, that's so bold because I I can't go back. <laughs> right. But nobody teaches adults how to make friends. No. Like, so it becomes awkward even coming into new situations where you can identify with friend groups that you might be able to join. It's like nobody, there's no class on how to join friend groups. Like, right. it doesn't exist. And so for me, I have lots of friends, but that friend group... is not a core. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. And it'll be like, you know, when I first came to Rev, that was a big thing being taught at our church. It's like, you know, get your people, find your people, your, your tribe, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? Well, the thing is, um, you can identify them or you might, and they might be like, oh, it's not the right time. Yeah. Or you get friends out of commonalities that you have and realize that they're not going to take you to where you're going next Right, because you're life. all on the same. Like, you really want to be a part of a group where you are on different levels, levels so you can have someone that is pulling you up and you could be pulling somebody up. You know, it, yep. it, there needs to be um, variation there. Mm-hmm. I would definitely agree. Um, I was talking to Tova not too long ago, and Tova was on another episode, y'all, so y'all should listen to that one. But and she was just saying how she 
was in Omaha and she had done like this, this, um, self-reflection of uh, top five or something like that. And she was like, you know, I, I examined myself to figure out what it is that I, where do I want to see myself and do my friends reflect that? Yeah. And she was like, my friends list eliminated so much. And she was like, they could be awesome people, but they're not getting me where I want to go. She's like, if I'm trying to be a millionaire, but I got friends living paycheck to paycheck, how how am I ever going to get this millionaire mentality? That's so good. And it's true. And I was like, yo. So 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 again, it kind of goes back to, okay, so what what do you do? Like, you know, in that, and I always say like sometimes God puts you in this like a I don't isolated phase essentially so that you can do a little bit more self-examination so what do you do in that alone time or in that transition time when you are trying to find your tribe because even in the bible like the crew they was old in the mug like <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. they, it was no, nobody in the bible talking about I'm in my 20s and we hanging you know yeah. they was all in their 30s well actually well 30s 40s you know in a group, you think about the disciples, they were like not teenagers. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because like when you get to that alone time, when you get to that space where you're like, okay, God, it's just me. You really have to deal with what am I doing wrong? It's those places or not even doing wrong, but like, where am I at? What do you need me to know? What do you need me to hear? And that's a really hard place to be. Because, like, for me, it's like, oh, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that and I want to be this and I want to be that. So I need these people in my life. And he's really showing me lately that the people that you thought you need do not look how you expect them to look. Mm, so, like, that's good, Bree. It's so good. It's God, not me. <laughs> but, yeah, there's this um, friend I have. She is a really new friend. Like, this year, an amazing woman would have never chosen to hang out with her outside of, you know, church, say, hey, you know, just whatever. But now I'm like, yo, I really needed her in my life. She was really the person, one of the people that I prayed for and I didn't know it. And I would have walked right past her, you know, every day. So you, I mean, attentiveness is is one thing because you talked about praying and God pretty much answering that. Um, and I just text someone else, um, hearing his voice. When was the first time you heard his voice and knew that it was him? First time that I've heard God's voice. You know, I think that we always hear God's voice. We just didn't know that it was God's voice. Like you alluded Mm -hmm. to, like we can hear it. He'll show himself in little ways, but let me see the first. That's hard because okay. like you said, yeah. Go, oh, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, like you said, you hear from him all the time, but you just don't know that was him until the it happens. Yep. And you'd be like, oh, <laughs> that was God. Yeah. The first time that I can really clearly remember, like audibly almost, it, hearing God's voice was at one of our advances. And they That's say- That's a retreat, by the way. Yeah. They say, <laughs> go out on the water. It's at this campsite. It's amazing. They say, go out on the water in the morning time. And so I went out there and I was praying and um, I'm just kind of, again, feeling kind of alone because there's all these groups mm-hmm. around us and I'm like, God, it's just me. I need you to talk to me. And so at first- I just start writing. Then I'm writing what I'm feeling come to me. So I'm just writing this all out. I'm like, why am I writing this? And in the moment, you think you're crazy. You're like, 
is this God? It sounds like me because it's inside of me and I'm writing it down. But I mean, he was so faithful in that time because every single speaker spoke what I wrote out. (gasps) So it was like Matthew Stevenson, what I wrote out. Dr. Ricky, what I wrote out. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God. So yeah, that would be the first time that I can just, that's the first thing that pops into my head when I think about hearing God is that moment. Wow. I don't, I, I can't, I'm trying to think of the first time that I clearly heard him. I'm, I feel like I'm in this phase where it's like, I know it's you, but I just need to know it's you. Yeah. You, you know? need to know what you know. Um, And so I'm in that, I'm in that phase. He talks to me all the time because I be by myself all the time, y'all. Like, <laughs> I live in his house by myself all the time. I be there all the time. And so, um, and I very rarely turn on TV or radio, anything like that, just because it's distracting. So I, I really do spend that alone time specifically to hear him. And he probably like, girl, yo, you just anticipate and just just be yourself. And I will insert myself, you know, when needed, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so that's, that's super, super cool. So tell me a little bit about what you're working on right now. So a couple of things I'm working on right now. One was a prayer journal that we talked about earlier for my job. Um, But I'm also working on submitting a lot of articles. So that's one of the things that I love to do is um, article-based or Mm blog-based posts because they're short content, but they allow you to get out the message to a lot of people. So like I've worked with Relevant Magazine. I've worked with YMI. I'm trying to work with Goldcast. Fingers crossed by the time (laughs) this comes out, maybe that will be in the works, but I'm working on that. I am also working on a book, as we've talked about a few times, dealing with comparison. So that has been really good. And outside of that, I've just got like some publishing efforts going on mm-hmm. and really serving other people's visions as well when it comes to writing. Can you um can you bless us with like a little sneak peek of what you have learned or what what epiphanies you've had around comparison? Like just what in your life what have you learned about it that has pushed you to write a book about it? Yeah. So one of the biggest things that I learned about comparison is that it will get you stuck and you won't even realize that you're stuck. So I think of it as in um, two ways. The first way is when I was actually on a run with a group of people. And that's kind of the premise of the book. I was on a run (laughs) with a group of people. Um, Basically, I am not a runner. I am a horrible runner. I hate (laughs) running. But uh, so they dusted me. They left me in the past, you know. And so um, instead of moving forward, I kind of started comparing myself, watching them, watching the person behind me. And before I know it, I'm stuck where I'm at. I'm out of breath. My feet hurt. I'm mad. I'm crying. They're a mile in front of me. And I've let all this time go by comparing myself to them when I could have been trying to do my best that I could do and keep up with the group or or go the speed that's great for me. But I didn't because I was comparing myself. And it's like... Another thing that I was thinking about the other day is when you're driving, you know how you drive in and it's heavy traffic and you end up kind of just cutting through cars and you're kind of trying to get to where you need to go to. And God was like, stay in your lane. It was just like, that's it. You know what? Just stay right there. You're going to get to your destination. Come on. It's a word. Right. It was God, but you're gonna get there. You're gonna get there on time. Just stay in your lane. You don't have to be dodging in and and out of cars. Right. But 
to me, that's what care- comparison has us do. It gets us off track. We start bobbing and weaving. Oh, this person's over there doing that, so I'm going to jump in this lane, and this person over there is doing that. I don't want to do that, so I'm going to stay over here. And before you know it, we're off course of where we need to be because we're worried about how everybody else was driving in and out of their lane. Just stay in your lane. So um, <laughs> it's funny. I, my, uh, there was a blog that came out today. One, so I write my blog, y'all, and I leave it, leave it be. I put a scheduler on there, and I let it, I let it go. So today I'm like going through my mail and I see this post. I'm like, oh yeah, Lauren, you did post a blog today. <laughs> and I read it and it was about comparison. It was about trying to keep up with the Joneses, so mm. to speak, and 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 really trying to look the look this uh, have this appearance that is not authentic to yourself. So um in that, in that st- that that stance, have you have you found yourself limiting yourself on social media, or has social media even been a factor for you in the in the realm of comparison? Because um, for me, and that was the the basis of my blog was about social media. For me, social media was the root mm-hmm. of um, self hatred mm-hmm. and not feeling like I'm enough. In comparison, like all of that was there because of social media. So there was a time where I took a step back. Like you can go to my Instagram and be like, wait, she she had pictures from 2016 and then there's 2018. Like <laughs> yeah. you, it, there's super gaps like on my Instagram page because I needed to like take Instagram off mm-hmm. because you see all these pictures of people with, you know, the Brazilian weave bundles. And I was, listen. <laughs> I would be like, oh, I got pay. I'm about to get some bundles. And y'all, I bought some bundles and I put some weave in my hair and I had it in there for two weeks. Oh, my goodness. And everybody was like, Lauren, why you do that? And I was like, just because I wanted long hair and I saw somebody else with it, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm being honest. Yeah. So have you found yourself being like, I need to step away from social media right now? Yeah. Um, and one of the good things is my husband will see... Uh-oh, there she go. Like, there oh, she go. Oh, he'll notice it? He'll notice it because what happens is I'll be perfectly fine, and then you'll see something on social media, and then the next thing you know, you're questioning everything about your life or your existence. Oh. And it was like, this is stupid. So before I was able to see it myself, he would be my check and balance, and he would see it. But when I changed my mindset about what social media was— Done. Like when I started realizing social media is not a diary, it's not a journal. The way that I'm using it is that it's my platform to be able to speak what God gives me. So if he gives me something in a moment, I'll speak it out. I'll do that. And really one of my mind mind shifts that I practice with comparison is what's the opposite of comparison because comparison, like you said, is either a safe, a self-hatred issue, a hating on somebody issue. So what's the opposite of that is love. So when I see something happen, I'll be like, Oh, I really love that. And let myself be like, yeah, she's dope. Like, yeah, he's dope. And, and choose that mindset versus what's wrong with me. Nothing's wrong with me. I don't need to be like them, but I really like them. And so that's what, I go to now. I'm starting, and it's funny you said that because I'm in that phase now too, where <laughs> a lot of things have happened to people where that I wanted happen. I wanted it to happen for myself, but I'm like, yo, this is dope, and I look at it as like they're paving a way. Yep, yeah. they are making a way. Yeah, that's. Thank you, girl. You <laughs> doing your it. thing? You know, I'm next. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not more like, oh my god, this is happening, but it's like. Thank you. Yeah. Because you're you're modeling something that I saw in my head and I see it in you. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, so I, that is a great point, Brie. See, y'all, and it's just little nuggets like this that I cannot wait to read in her book. Glory to God. 
<laughs> so any do you have any any um just nuggets of wisdom anything that you would want the listeners to hear i know we just talked a lot about comparison um we didn't get into family if you want to get into family we can but i'm definitely going to have a season two and i'm definitely going to have you on because by that time your book will be out and you need to tell the people about it <laughs> but what would you want to leave the people with nuggets nuggets let me see Like, what has God been speaking to me lately? I think, you know, we've been hearing so much about division and division is a tool or a comparison is a tool for that division. And so when I start thinking about how we live our lives and how we stop comparing ourselves to each other, it's going to require unity. And so I just want to express to everybody how important it is to be unified, because when we're unified, comparison is no longer an issue because I realize that you're part of me. And this is not just, you know, a churchy thing, a body thing, but this is like a universal thing. This is this is universal. That just made me um, think about healing Mm -hmm. and how healing would be a necessary component to unity because a lot of the division, a lot of the comparison is rooted in hurt. It's rooted in unresolved hurt. And so to believers or even non-believers, what is the first step to addressing the hurt or the first step to recognizing that hurt exists because um, getting over something that may have happened in your life or getting over something that may not have happened in your life is not going to be overnight. Um, but, but it takes recognizing it before you can get to unity. I had a conversation a couple of, and I want to say last week um, and I just needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. I was like, look, if nobody in the room is going to say it, I'm going to say it. This, 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 and this. And I felt better. And I didn't know that I needed that. I walked away and was like, thank you, God, because I never would have been in this room to say what I needed to say to the person that needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what would you say to people that are struggling with comparison, that are struggling with just division and just you know you have people that would walk into a room and be like um oh i'm not sitting over there and it's the just negative stuff just use it's like bleeds from them and it's like whoa Mm -hmm. what would you say i think the first thing that we have to do is like you say identify that there's an issue there a lot of times we won't heal because we won't identify hey i'm cut wide open and bleeding everywhere And we won't identify that wound. Um, So identifying it and asking yourself why. You might not immediately know what the issue is. You come into a room. I don't like them. I don't want to sit over (laughs) there with them. You might think that's normal. I just don't like them. But why don't you like them? What's going on? And then taking that time while you're alone, processing that and really, really giving it back to God and saying, hey, if there's anything else in here, I need you to show me what that is. And then once you get it out, you know, you can write it out, you can scream it out, you can cry it out. But once you get it out, really praying over that, giving it back to God, um, taking steps to identify that issue whenever it comes back up 
because you know that that's a sensitive spot to you and canceling it out every time you just canceling it out and replacing it like replacement replacement therapy what can you replace that bad thing with and I don't want to oversimplify it because there are some deep issues that we (laughs) really have to heal from but the very first thing that we need to do is identify that I have a wound like if you don't go to the doctor like if you have an infection but you never go to the doctor before you know it, you're going to get your leg cut off because there's an infection there. But if you go to the doctor, they can give you antibiotics. They can heal you up. It's the same thing when we're dealing with hurt. If we walk around hurt, but we don't say anything about it, eventually something's going to get cut off. Something's going to die. Something's going to get far worse. But if we say, hey, I got this issue. I got this pain. I need to figure out where it's going from. Then the then, then there's occur. a start. There's a start. Well, y'all, I'm just really excited that Bree is in the studio with me. I'm really looking forward to our friendship blossom, blossoming and just growing. Um, this is only the beginning for Bree, y'all. Um, like I said, I can't wait for her book to come out. And as she was talking, I just envisioned the next year of her life to be extremely fruitful. So if you don't know her, you need to get to know her because she will be booked, Kelly Price booked, okay? Like you... <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, man, I should have I should have knocked on her door. So tell the people where they can find you. Facebook, IG, where you at? Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Bri Rostick. You can find me on Facebook. It's Brianna Rostick there because I was going between. I don't know if is it's it Bri or Brianna. So do you, is Bri B-R-E-E? Yep, it's B-R-E-E Rostick, R-O-S-T-I-C. You can also check me out at BriRostick.com. Ah, so that's coming super soon. I can't wait. It's up and that's where I'm available at. Um, I am also found sometimes at Our Daily Bread Ministries. So yeah. I but yeah, that's yes, it. Yes, that's awesome. So y'all, this has been another episode of Mike Check the Podcast with Lauren Melissa. I am bringing you voices of everyday leaders and real changers. That's my thing. Bringing them to the spotlight and giving them the mic because y'all, you need to hear it. So tune in next time and can't wait to talk to you soon. <laughs>